Back for one final time before the <laughs> podcast ends officially. No, no, no. I'm moving, and for the most part, I'm like, I'm like, fine. You know, like I'm like, oh, everyone I've like known in Houston has left already, so it's like we don't have a social group really, or like Rob's coworkers are all scattering now too, and and it's like we've been here for so long. Like Rob's been here almost a decade. I've been here for seven years, so it's like, you know. We're up for a change, but then I think about the fact that it means the end of us, and I'm like, oh, I have to stay here forever. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I have to stay in this fascist state just so Matt will talk about movies with me. And it's crazy that you and Rob had the conversation and decided that he was going to move to LA and you were yeah. going to fly back to Texas every Monday yeah, to we're record be this. Long commuters, uh, it's what works best for us. No judgment. Um, um, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm hopeful this isn't the end. I think there's a lot of fun movies. Like I can't imagine us not doing a Barbie uh, episode. So I will lure you into recommitting. Like I don't think you can quit me. You know, Shelby, like, we're not gonna do a Barbie episode anyways. We're doing an episode on Oppenheimer. That's <laughs> no, what everybody wants. They want Absolutely the Oppenheimer not. episode. Christopher Nolan is like, you're gonna feel the bomb, and I'm like. This is why I don't trust you to tell some sort of nuanced story about a horrific human crisis because it's like just fun and games. It's just like, whoa, you're living through something that killed millions. I'm not here for it, okay? I can't mm. handle it. Um, I can't. When you move to LA, are you? how are you guys going to make new friends? Are you, I have friends in LA. I could introduce you to them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what we need. Because literally it's like the, you know, the con of working from home, um, as your HR rep might tell you, is that you really don't have a social scene, um, which is true uh, because I, like, literally don't ever see anyone uh, <laughs> until hmm, until I know someone who's, like, you know, around. So, yeah, we're going to figure it out. I'm supposed to, like, find a group, you know? I don't know how. It's really, like... <laughs> Take a pottery you know, class thing, or something. The thing about, like... You know, you have a book club, but it's like a book club created from your friends, right? It's not like you joined around a book club and became friends with them, right? Well, I mean, like, yes and no, because, like, yeah, nobody in the book club is, like, a random person. But it's not like, oh, the ten of us were friends and we decided to join a mm, book club. Okay. It's like one person in the group decided to make a book club and then added people. And then some of those people left and some of the people who are in it added other people. So, like, the group now as it stands, I only knew one person before yeah. the book club started. Um, yeah. See, I would have thought we have like similar high standards for like friends, but you make friends so easily and you have so many different circles and friends and like, you know, not to celebrate you and like add to your ego, but it is Pride Month. So I do want you to feel like how impressed I am by <laughs> your capabilities as a friendly person in this universe. Um, I don't have that. I don't know what it is, but like 
like is it like is the I quality think, of people we interact with different or are you just more forgiving of the people you hang out with you know what i mean i don't think it's either of those things actually <laughs> i think that it's i think it's just that i meet so many more people than you do that it's like a ratio thing because there are tons of people who I meet who I'm like yeah no I never need to speak to you again you know or or like there's people in my friend like in friend groups I'm in where I'm like Mm -hmm. okay you're like in the friend group fine but like we're never hanging out one-on-one so it's (laughs) it's not like I'm uh I don't know I feel like I am kind of picky but I am just such an extreme extrovert and and love like doing things and going places and meeting people that I think I just end up you know like the number of people who I interact with who I could make friends is way higher than most people's like yeah groups that's that they fair me also I the thing went is to like a book club and i was like i don't i don't want to spend time talking to you about anything you know like that's the thing yeah. i run into <laughs> oh yeah no i mean i have that same problem with people often as well where i'm like okay yeah no i'm good um <laughs> but the but the other thing i think is like i don't have like if you're if you're looking at like time spent with like people or whatever as a pie, like mm. you have big chunks taken out of like your um like Rob, Penny, right. like your yeah. parents, your sister, you know, <laughs> like sad circle. like yeah. like people who are you know monopolizing more of your time. Right. Where I feel like I don't really have anybody who's like that sizable yeah. of. Like, honestly, the person who I probably spend the most time with is you because ah! we record oh this podcast gosh, <laughs> And it's like, I don't see most of my friends probably every week for several hours. So, yeah. well, that's not just to mention, more like, proof I, that I go on vacation and visit going. you. <laughs> we can't have you lose your one, like, you know, study <laughs> two-hour well, session. I was hanging out with Rory this weekend, um, yes. Shelby's brother-in-law, and I was like, okay, I have to, like, stay friends with Shelby long enough in order for me to get, like, a nice, big, long, juicy L.A. trip out of this <laughs> um, because I've never been there and I need to go. And I was like, Shelby will figure out all the good restaurants and yeah. can show me around to things and yeah. I'll get to hang out with Penny and Rob and I can talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, yeah. And if I come out it. there during a season of it then i can drag rob to a gay bar to watch it with me so yeah no for sure exciting things to come yeah yeah exactly so i have faith i have faith in the good old um pisser flag uh it'll keep waving strong (laughs) (laughs) through the weeks to come um jump scare whenever you bring that up (laughs) (laughs) end of the month so i think we'll be able to do a full episode we'll have episodes this week obviously hello and then next week i'm i'm confident i'm optimistic that i'll be able to squeeze one more in and then for the fourth of july week i'll be off and then figure out like you know the movie theater is pretty close so i have to see like rob's schedule and like when i can sneak off to movies but i think we'll be able to do it and like i always like doing recording during the day which will be perfectly evening for you so i think honestly this will be a perfect match and we'll be like how did we ever make texas work california is so much better mm, by coastal okay, energy okay. okay we'll see we'll see <laughs> um but i do have to keep this one short because i am okay. in fact surrounded by a million things to do um mm. yeah further proof how much this means to me like honestly 
if my own mother call, I'd, called, I'd be like, I can't talk right now. I'm packing. But I will take an hour to two out of my day <laughs> to talk about all the pop news you may have missed. So what what is the most pressing story then that we oh, should no. discuss? Um, Let's see. The most pressing story. Honestly, there, there's just been like random ones. I guess what I was keeping an eye on was obviously the Flash premiere. I oh, was yes. worried I would have to watch that. But our our audience, our listeners like looked out for me and that was the least voted film on my like five film poll. So praise be God is good. Like it works out. Um, obviously, this has been like something we've talked about since Ezra Miller's various criminal behaviors, like accusations, trial, whatever have come to light. Um, they're all, they're a mess and a half. They're they're all over the place. You know, they've been charged with like I, I guess I don't I shouldn't say charged. There's been accusations of um like grooming, not necessarily sexually, but kind of like like kind of keeping like kidnapping this child, like 12-year-old. I don't know, lots of weird stories you can dig into. But the point is not good vibes, honestly terrifying behavior. A lot of it has been kind of swept under the rug or excused and and their statement when they were kind of in the thick of it was I'm going through a crisis like obviously I'm realizing these behaviors are abhorrent I want to change like thank you for the flash crew for sticking by me for DC for sticking by me and they echoed the same sort of sentiment at the premiere they haven't been involved in any of the press they haven't been doing like the usual interviews pieces whatever but they did show up to the red carpet premiere they did say a few words ahead of the you know actual showing where they were like again thank you for being here like letting this happen i'm so like i'm so I'm so grateful for your grace and discernment and care in the context of my life and in bringing this moment to fruition. Um, and of course, the argument has always been like, oh, well, James Gunn. Oh, so many people. Oh, Stephen King says that this is the best superhero movie ever made. And even that was like, like my husband was like tempted to see it. He he might still see it. But I was like, there's no way this is that good. It's like a DC movie. It's not going to be that good. And lo and behold... <laughs> It has not been doing great, I think, financially or critically. Um, it's it's not like bombed per se, but it's definitely perform underperformed. And the reviews are nowhere near like what James Gunn and the DC execs were hyping it up to be. So it seems like we might be spared a continuation of this franchise, but well, the whole thing was weird sort of to begin with, separate of the Ezra Miller stuff, which I think is also interesting because obviously lots of celebrities get quote unquote canceled, but yeah. Ezra Miller was able to sort of dodge that in some yes. regards because of a mental illness thing, which I think is yeah. an interesting, Not, I don't want to say strategy because I think it is true in this case, but like an interesting um, wrinkle, I guess, to the canceling process yeah. uh, that, okay, if you do a bunch of shitty things, but they're all sort of connected to, uh, you know, mental illness, then you can go to treatment and hopefully figure that out and then maybe yeah. come back in good graces. Unclear exactly on if that will happen for Ezra or not. But the, I think the more 
sort of damning thing about The Flash and part of the reason why it hasn't done well is less of the Ezra Miller stuff because I think lots of people don't know about that and more about the fact that this is like the last movie of a franchise that has done really poorly <laughs> and nobody has really liked in the yeah. DCEU that James Gunn has, is like going to revamp it. But like this movie was already made, so he, he couldn't really do anything about it. So they had to release it and like maybe it's going to tie into things, but maybe also not. Um, also, I think that another of the big hype points was, oh, this is like a multiverse movie. We're going to get all of these old Batmans showing up in a way similar to the mm. last Spider-Man movie with all the old Spider-Mans. But I honestly just think that we are hitting multiverse <laughs> fatigue. Like yeah. it happens with every type of storyline. Um, you know, it happened with vampires. It happened with zombies. Like when everybody starts going in on something, it's, it, it gets a little taxing. And I think there's only so many times of these different franchises can be like, here's a multiverse. Here's a bunch of other people playing characters who you recognize um, before some of that effect wears off. And yeah, when I saw the tracking numbers for this that were so high, I was like, I just don't feel like there's that much buzz on this. You know, like, I, I yeah. guess I'm not necessarily attached to, like, middle America. So maybe a lot of people, like, in Indiana are super excited about The Flash. But I felt like, you know, if film Twitter and that side of the world is not particularly excited about a movie, then I think it's hard for that movie to get a lot of traction because, you know, there's yeah. only so much, like, media push that can be done without sort of buy-in from like journalists where something like barbie which i think kind of started as a like this like is this gonna be good like weird has it's been able to like pull all of these people in to the point now that like randoms know about the barbie movie and are excited about it um but i think a lot of that is because so of the social media following first so yeah, yeah, it didn't do well at the box office. The critical reception's not great. There were a bunch of cameos, which I was like sort of intrigued by, but ultimately James Gunn is resetting the DCEU. Now it's going to be called the DCU. There's a new Superman movie that's coming out in 2025. So it's like, what's the point of this? Yeah, <laughs> honestly. I, I, it is interesting to think how hard he, he dug his heels in for this film because, yeah, he axed almost every other major but i think know, this was already made justice league or it was, was already made filmed. but like yeah. he was like he really went to bat for it like oh i thought about it but it was honestly so good there's no better flash gordon or whatever than ezra miller like like there was a lot maybe it was just a strategy to try and get like people to show up um but it I was people like did it, like like people i think that I think people had really low expectations for it initially. Yeah. And then the first round of like screenings and stuff for it, people came out and being like, wow, that was really incredible. And the hype was really high. But I think part of that is because people went in thinking it was going to be bad. And then, oh, wow, it's actually yeah. like this pretty good movie. And so then the hype was like overdone. Yeah. And so then when this next round of people went in to watch it, they were like, okay, prove yourself. Like, give me the best superhero movie ever made. And yeah. I think it's probably, it's actually just like a good superhero movie. And so yeah. then everyone sort of was ready to 
take it down. I mean, again, I haven't <laughs> seen it, but I think like the reviews seem to be like it's like a good it's superhero fine. movie, but it's yeah. not like transcendent like across the Spider Verse or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's which fair. I think also hurt it because oh, yes. the, those like fandoms are overlapping. And if you're only going to go see one movie this weekend and you haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse and it's got nothing but exceptional reviews mm-hmm, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, this is the best movie of the year. And then your other option is The Flash. <laughs> it's annoying, especially because I also think there's the thing where like, am I going to go see The Flash? I haven't seen all of the DC movies. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. do I need to have seen the Snyder Cut in order to see The Flash? I mean, we watch the Snyder Cut, but you know what yeah, I mean? It's like there's movies that in that lineup that I haven't seen that I'm like, do I need to have watched this? And I think a yeah. lot of people did not watch Batman yeah. versus Superman or the Justice League. Yeah, it was a it, it was always going to be a tough sell. So um, not going well, but, um, you know, I'm sure they'll survive um courtney kardashian is pregnant again oh yes <laughs> did you see the video of her at the concert with the sign that was like yes. travis i'm pregnant what's that referencing i don't i don't think it's referen- everything i saw about it was like oh this is a reference to something about blink 182 but I was like, maybe I'm too young to like get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't. I just assumed it was like a reference or like, you know, because fans have signs that are like, marry me or whatever. Like, that's what I assumed yeah. it was. But I, I guess maybe I didn't read it enough to know it's if like, it was like Courtney Kardashian's pregnancy reference. announcement references one of their music videos. Um, oh, is it a music video reference? Oh, it's from the 1999 music article. video for All the Small Things. Which, of course, I know the song, but I don't know if I've ever watched the music video. But yeah. cute. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for In her. all she the seems... Small Things music I video, mean... a woman holds up a poster with the words, Travis, I'm pregnant in a crowd. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, just a copy. Just a cute copy. I am. Um... Yeah, I shouldn't say I'm happy for her. I feel no feelings for her. But of all the Kardashians, I think... She's the least annoying at this point in my life. In my well, also of assessment. all of the Kardashian boyfriends slash husbands yeah. that we've cycled <laughs> through, I do think that Travis Barker is He's the better one. The most like put together of them, you know? Yeah. Like he he's a successful person who has had a career, a long standing career, without like that many controversies, at least that I'm aware of. Um yeah. he's not like, he seems like a person who is fairly, like, on top of things, even if he is, like, a punk rock drummer, in comparison to people like Kanye West and Lamar Odom and Tyga and, like, these people who yeah. are sort of, um, like, crappy and embroiled in scandal and cheating on people with other people. And The bar is know. low, yeah. Yeah. It's I'm true. like, okay, I'm like, like, if we had to get another baby out of this situation, like better to be have it be Courtney and Travis than Chloe and the guy who was cheating on her with um, who's Tristan, who's Tristan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So although how old is Courtney? I think she's like 44. So. Um, yeah, it's what and she's actually pregnant. With college geriatric pre- pregnancy. But yeah, I think there's. A benefit to being uber wealthy, and I, I imagine it will really? go well for her. I've never heard of a benefit to being uber wealthy before. Yeah. 
a lot of people have told me it's actually sort of a detriment, you know, because it's like then there's just so much pressure on you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's really hard. Good, there's so few hospital rooms worthy of them that it's like hard to get in advance. Um, yeah, it's a struggle. Um, I realize we've never like really talked about um, the rise of AI on this um, podcast, mostly because it's tangential to anything we ever talk about. But oh, yeah. I saw that Paul McCartney announced that they would be making a new Beatles recording using AI to like fill in John Lennon's voice um, and like like they were going to extricate it from an old demo, but then use AI to fill in the blanks basically like this is Jurassic Park and he's the d dino DNA. I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like... At least, okay, at least it's based on a demo. It's based on, like, things they had been working on. Um, but it's also, like, just very weird that they'll, that there's this new money-making opportunity for, like, relevancy and nostalgia. And it just, it gives me the ick. I don't know. The thing with AI, I feel like, I mean, with as with everything, it's so new that it's hard to exactly figure out, like, in which ways is it going to be a threat to things? In which ways is it going to be helpful? In which, like, how much is it actually going to be used? You know, because some technology things like the, um, you know, Snapchat glasses or whatever, like, come out yeah. and completely just, like, fade away. But then there's other things that sort of find their way into the ether fully. Um, and yeah. the thing with AI is that... It, it's like now they have they have AI music, they have AI art, they have AI writing. Like AI is capable of producing these types of things, but it's also I think at least so far only works up to a certain degree. Yeah. And so it's like I guess people who are really creative would be able to utilize it in certain ways that might be helpful like for example, with the Beatles, where it's like, okay, we're going to try to like create this thing and then we're going to use AI to like make a voice out of it rather yeah. than like, oh, we're just going to have AI make up songs completely by itself. Yeah. Um, so I guess I care less about it if it's like being utilized in a certain regard. Um, but I also don't know how well that will work because like, I mean, this was maybe a conversation for next week, but the um, new Indiana Jones movie has more <laughs> de-aging involved that supposedly right. is pulled from like these old composites of Harrison Ford and whatever. And it's like, does it look good? Sure. But can I immediately tell that it is weird <laughs> CG de-aging? Like, yes, absolutely. There, yeah. There's not like a split second where you're fooled by it. So I don't, it's like, it works in some ways, but like not fully. And I don't know yeah. if that's how music and stuff will work. On the writing side, I think a lot of writers are really scared about AI because they're like, wow, you know, this can just whip up something really quickly. Yeah. Um, oh, I hate AI. I I read about the the um, uh, eating disorder, the National Eating Disorder Hotline, like fired its entire um, staff and used an AI bot to like talk to people. But then the AI bot was like giving diet information and like teaching people how to like count calories, which is obviously like very, very triggering and detrimental to most people calling an eating disorder hotline. And so they had to like pull it and we're like, oops, sorry. So it's like this weird rush to like cut corners. And 
I just feel like there's a push in like the TikTok space where everyone's like, oh, ChatGPT wrote my itinerary for me. And I don't want to be a Luddite or like a fear monger, but it just seems like they're asking us to like really get involved by sharing. You know, you have to like send them a bunch of stuff to like build an AI engine. So they're like, you're sending in your face, you're getting blah, 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 blah. You're making the machine <laughs> stronger. I just hate it. I avoid it. I don't like it. I don't, yeah. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I haven't been using it at all, like at all either. But the thing that I think is interesting on like a journalistic front is, yeah. and this I think, I guess will only really work so long as technology wants it to. But I think that it really makes it apparent what, like who good writers are and yes. who like, if you're pulling references and you're making clever jokes and like those kind of things that AI can't do, it's like, well, that really like pushes, like that separates kind of the wheat from the chaff. And also, at least as of now, supposedly the Google algorithm is going to be highly skewed against AI content. So mm. on our end, we've been told like, okay, you really need to make sure that what you're writing and what we're publishing is like not going to come across as if it was written right. by AI so that it oh, won't get like tagged in that net. Now, I feel like at some point, maybe Google will come up with their own AI and then, you know, yeah, pushing exactly. that. But at, for now, like, I don't know, for me, it's like stressful. But at the same time, I feel like it's not as stressful for me as I think it is for other people, because I feel like my capabilities are yes. high enough that AI is not like, you know, barking at my tree yeah. at the moment at yeah. least. But I agree I, with that, Matthew. The thing that I think is more is worse is like copywriters for companies and stuff. Yes. Like those jobs I think will start to disappear. Also I saw this yep. whole thread on Twitter about how AI is now making sort of like like AI can make um, you know, kind of like elevator music or background music. Mm. And so there's a whole industry of people yeah. who write and make songs for like hold music and you know, that kind yeah. of thing that or will like the now selling sunset, like 30 second, you know, LA pop songs that aren't real, that they're just like right. bits. Yeah. <laughs> That's so and sad. so I, I think some of those jobs are going to be disappeared. <sighs> but then I also think just in the grand sweep of history, you know, it's like when cars came out, like, like all of the people who were horse trainers or whatever were like, oh shit, we're going to lose our jobs. Like this is terrible. But then it's like, yeah. okay, but then, but then there's new jobs because there's cars. And then it's like, okay, well then we lose some of those jobs and then other jobs. It's like, hopefully fingers know, crossed, but like this like, will work, but it is terrifying at the same time. There's something time. yucky about it existing by pilfering other people's work. Like yes, it's like, that's true. Especially the based art on. Like, you know, theft is a strong word. It feels a, like a legal word. But I just mean, like, the only reason AI can write music is because it was fed, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours of people's work. So that's where I'm like, ugh. Well, I'm like, I'm like freaking um, <laughs> Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. And I'm like, you're a scientist or so. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yes. They didn't stop it to is think of giving Jurassic Park. Anyways, that's mm. that was another story I heard. Did you have another one? I mean, I all know. I had was that Netflix had this big like um it was called Tadum or Tudum oh, or yeah. what I was Tudum. like I was I was like what what is why is it called that? Tudum. It's a sound Netflix 
makes when oh. it opens. <laughs> okay, I was like, this is stupid. Um, and still is. But they announced a whole bunch of things. And I feel like the most interesting tidbit to come out of it was that Linda Hamilton from Terminator is going to be in the new season of Stranger Things whenever that comes out. Um, oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> they got to get cracking on that. Um, right. So I'm like, okay, agent. who knows when that's going to happen. But an interesting bit of casting since they have kept casting like, you know, 80s action horror movie um people so that is fun um kind of yeah an exciting bit uh but yeah no that's all i have yeah um yeah no i was just gonna uh let's see let's see let's see well cruel summer is getting the single treatment finally i don't know uh, if you care but oh yeah i saw that is that was that a decision by Taylor Swift or is that no. like the fan sort of like dragged it up and then she's like, okay, we're like, yeah, is it, is so... it, is it like, um, the, the Lady Gaga song, the Bloody Mary when that. Oh, probably. W- okay. So yeah. So it came out, Cruel Summer is a song off of Lover. It was a hugely popular, like beloved among fan songs. And everyone was like, why isn't this a single? And it seemed like there were hints that that would be a single, but then it was the summer of 2020 and that was COVID. That was the, you know, uh, it just a really cruel summer. And I don't think anyone wanted to release a pop song that would try and right. <laughs> draw attention to that. Um, so anyways, it was lost then three albums later. And so over the course of this tour, it has a major like it's a major set piece in the tour. Um, and so ever since tour started, like it's just been rising in the on the charts and the streaming and it's just like keeps on like like i think it rose to like number four on the u.s spotify play like you know list which is kind of unheard of since that's like the highest rank it got since it was released in 2019 so there was definitely a big boom and her label was like you know what fine we'll just like send it to radios so it's not going to be like a full i don't know the you know music like lexicon exactly it's not going to be like a music video like full treatment it's just a radio single so basically they're just pushing it to um radios to keep on on milking that love for it but it's cool it's good it's you know you'll get to hear it in target more which is always the dream i mean that's what happened yeah with that lady gaga song that that they used in the wednesday tiktoks and then that sort of became a yeah big thing so i guess this is happening more i mean within the streaming era where you have all songs as possibilities to like get into the top 100 you know because so much of that revolves around streaming and not necessarily radio play it you might as well like if something is from the back catalogs is getting big for some reason like sure i mean also i think that happened with um uh with the Stranger Things song, um, the Running oh, Up the yeah. Hill song, yes. where that, like, out of nowhere became a number one. So, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting phenomenon. I wonder if there's, like, an article that's a list of all of those type songs that have, like... Oh, my gosh. You got it. You got to go pitch it. Okay. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and Olivia Rodrigo has new music coming out, which is exciting. Oh, yeah. So is Carly Rae. Oh, cute. Wonderful. I love a battle for the song of also, the summer. Also, the 1975 released another tour announcement oh, for the fall. And I was like, uh, They're like hey, just no on, bad, no but I was like, you were just press. on tour and you don't have a new album. So I'm like, what? Like, what They're are following after Harry what Styles, who somehow here? is still exactly. on tour? Yeah. Yeah. 
Very weird. Um, but okay, Jill, shall we get into love it or hate it? Yes. Unfortunately, I have a dislike it. Um, Never Have I Ever, season four, the final season came out. It's the Netflix show about the like um, Indian American teenager in high school. I've yes. probably talked about it every year um, because I've liked it. But this season, this finale, this series finale was so bad. It was so weak and disappointing and kind of like a mess, which is surprising in the fact that it's been so strong, but unsurprising in the fact that it's Mindy Kaling's like MO to just totally botch an ending. Um, so yeah, I, it's like not even worth going into, but they did something in it. (laughs) Like every, like everything didn't really work. The, The best parts of the show were like her family interactions and they weren't there and like her romance and they just kind of like played that as a C plot. And so it's like everything was kind of bad, but the weirdest part that I think you'll appreciate is that there was a love interest in the first three seasons, which was this older boy in her high school, Paxton, who's super hot, and she has a super oh, crush yes. on. Oh, yes. I know. I know what he looks like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very attractive. So all the fans were like, I'm never going to. Oh, if you lose Paxton, I'm not watching because he graduated season three and went off to college. And I was like, okay, I'm sure he'll like come up, you know, like maybe it'll be like, oh, he's here for spring, you know, but no, it starts with him. His first week in college, he's like gets there and he's mad and sad and he's like, oh, I don't like anyone. So he leaves college. He ditches college. He drops out, moves back home and is hired to be the assistant swim coach at the school with no like <laughs> no education, obviously, but also having just graduated the season before. And I just I I and then the romance continues. Well, not really. Like, yes, there is like that chemistry and they do make out in the closet on an episode where it's like, but then they realize like, oh, this will never work. And like, I need to grow up type thing. But it's very icky, weird optics. And he's like partying with the kids and then realizing like, wait, I can't like drink with you guys if I'm teaching you guys. It's just like, it was such a stretch, which like I understand happens and like all of this, blah, blah, blah. But I was like so (laughs) irritated by it because it undid all of his growth over the last three seasons and was so like just kind of thrown together that you're just kind of like, this is weird. And no one's commenting on the weirdness. Like none of the teachers are like, why did you hire an 18 year old? And none of the students are like, bro, why are you here? Like it's just like accepted immediately. And I hated it. I mean, I think that sitcoms or, you know, TV shows in general run into this problem often of like, okay, if you're aging the characters, like what happens at a certain point? Like, yeah. Or I mean, even like, um, even like with, yeah, like One Tree Hill or Riverdale, you make like a big jump and sort of skip college and then have, oh, it's five years later and they've all come back. (laughs) Or you do something like Modern Family where it's like, okay, the kids go to college, but like they go to community college and they sort of end up like at home all the time anyways, or, you know, or they drop out or like, it is tricky, but that's an especially weird. (laughs) And then he has a romance with. with one of the new teachers who's like just graduated college so it's not like they're that different age but it's like so weird life experiences and it's like i don't know how i'm supposed to feel about any of this (laughs) Hmm. so wasn't a fan but okay well i won't what about you what about you um 
I watched this movie called The Blackening, which came out oh, yes. this week in theaters. I saw it at Tribeca, and it was incredible. I'm obsessed oh, with it. I feel like it's one of the best movies of the year. I think the best horror movie of the year so far. The basic premise, it, it's based off of a Comedy Central skit um, oh. that came out a few years ago that I didn't see, but I guess like was a viral hit, they were saying, um, where... Since black people die first in horror movies, you know, that's like a trope. It's this horror movie that the whole cast is black and they end up or they go to this like Airbnb and there's like creepy people there who, you know, sort of lock them in this room and they say, okay, we're we are, like this is a horror movie. You're going to get killed off one by one. Uh, but usually we kill the black person. So you have to determine which of you is the black quote unquote blackest member of the group and decide and then we'll kill that person first. Um, so it's on one hand like very funny and sort of like a scream sort of happy death day like way but then it's also I think a really like good horror movie like there's scary bits to it and then also it has so much like fun interesting and really important like political commentary baked in about like what it means to be black what it means to be black in america like the tribulations that you face but then also just all of the different kind of like subsections within yeah. that um i went to like this big premiere that they had at tribeca and afterwards they had a q a and the writers were talking about how like they sort of went out of their way to make all of the characters like a different type of black archetype from like American media and sort of how those people interact. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just thought it was like really well done, really fun, really clever. Um, like a really good horror movie, only like 90 minutes or whatnot. Uh, the it. cast is there's Yvonne Orji and Jay Farrow are in it, but like only for the first scene. And then they, you know, they're sort of like the Drew Barrymore Spoiler kind alert. of, um, characters. I mean, I think you find that out in the trailer. Um, <laughs> but the, but then the rest of the cast is like mostly unknown people, or at least people who I didn't recognize. And yeah, I loved it. Highly recommend. I feel What's like what's Kiki I, Palmer's inv involvement? So Kiki Palmer was just hosting the thing. Oh, like, okay. did uh, was like the MC of the Q and A after the screening. Oh, okay. I don't know. So the screening was a whole experience because I like saw it on the list of movies and was like, Oh, I want to go see this. So I emailed their PR people and they were like, Oh, do you want to come to the, like most movies at Tribeca have like a couple of different screenings. So they were like, Oh, do you want to come to the first one, the premiere? It's going to be at the Apollo theater up in Harlem. And I was like, I've never been there before. Oh, like fine. that seems cool. Like 100%. Yes. Let me do that. So I go there and Usually there's like a the similar crowd at these kind of things, you know, a lot of like industry people, entertainment journalists, whatever. And because it's Tribeca, I'm like, I know a lot of people who are going to Tribeca. I assumed I would know people there. I get there. I don't know a soul. It's like almost entirely black people there's well, like maybe, that says you need to know well, more black people well i mean yes but like there was like 10 white people there and i was like i feel slightly awkward um <laughs> like i don't think this is my like space necessarily but this movie is really good and then i went to, and then there was an after party so i went to it and it was like the most bopping after party i'd ever been to like like quest love and amber ruffin and kiki palmer and like every sort of cool like hip 
black New York person was there. And like Remy Ma came out and performed <laughs> and they had all of this like soul food. It was an incredible party. But again, I you knew nobody. And I was like this little like white gay boy walking around in, his, in my like shirt and tie like and after like an hour of um you know just sort of like wandering about myself and drinking these like vodka peach drinks i was like okay you know what i i gotta like i gotta leave but but i was like this is crazy that i was invited to this like how did i end up here because there wasn't any other journalists. And then I realized that it was the same night as the Asteroid City premiere. Ugh. And I was like, every film person went to that except me. And yes. so so that's why there was <laughs> nobody else there. Yeah. And I was like, well, this movie was better than Asteroid City. I mean, I liked Asteroid City. It's fine. But, um, yeah. but I was like, this movie is better. And I'm glad I went and saw it. And... I was slightly uncomfortable, but I think that's a good <laughs> feeling to have, you know? And yes. do it I was like, I am glad that I did this. And the movie was really good. So, yeah. and the food was really good. The after well, good. So. I mean, I did start this podcast by talking about how great you are at meeting and making friends. So yes. maybe there was <laughs> for effort there. And uh, next time you go up to Harlem, you'll, you won't, you won't feel so alone. Yeah, the thing is about me making friends is I am very good at making friends, but I'm very bad at going up and talking to strangers. I yeah, yeah. hate going up and talking to yeah. like a cold open. Like, no, right. absolutely not. No, if I, I was like not. at your birthday party and it was 40 people who I didn't know and you were there yeah. and I could and it was sort of like then I would leave like having known all of those people and making them my friends because yeah. it's like, oh, I meet you and then you meet introduce me to somebody and then they introduce you in like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But and so like literally if there had been one person who I had ever even <laughs> seen before at this party, I could have made it work. But I was like, truly, I don't recognize a soul. And <laughs> I didn't want to like, you know, I don't know, just go up to a group and be like, hi, like, did you no, like the it movie? Would be an awkward, yeah. <laughs> yes. They're like, who invited you? Well, <laughs> we're all learning and growing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> opportunities galore. Uh, but no, I'm excited to see that movie. I should, I should try and sneak out sometime this week and see it. Yeah, it's really great. Um, um, yeah. I was well, gonna, I was gonna try and see that, but instead I, decided to listen to the people again on that poll the majority voted and they wanted us to talk about elemental the new pixar movie so that's what we're covering thursday yes and i think the blackening is the type of movie that will like hopefully grow over yeah. time you know like i don't think it had a like i didn't really know about it until yeah. it, i saw it so hopefully it's like phantom grows elemental i think had a very People were excited about it. When I posted that I had gone and seen it on Instagram, I got a lot of comments from people being like, how was it? So excited to watch. Like, let me know how it is. Um, yeah. And so we'll be doing that on Thursday. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will be back on Thursday to talk about Pixar's new movie, Elemental. Bye. Bye.